So for our first meditation, I would like to bring a metaphor, a symbol into the meditation in that a symbol or metaphor is unbounded ocean, unbounded ocean. Perceiving this moment as an unbounded ocean, a shoreless ocean. You could also say a shoreless ocean of consciousness or a shoreless ocean of energy. In Buddhism, that is often called uh, interdependent arising. Or Thich Nhat Hanh uses the word interbeing. And initially in our meditation, I would like to differentiate a bit between the waves and the depth of the ocean. In a simple model of the mind from the Tibetan tradition, these two levels of our experience are called the conditioned mind and the unconditioned mind the still mind and the moving mind. So there's the moving mind and the moving mind consists of the stream of sense data coming through the five sense gates. That what you hear right now, what you see, what you feel in your body, internally and externally, touch, but also the internal movements of energy, of your emotions, of your breath. And then there's smell and taste, which are probably not so important uh, for this session. So that's one level of the moving mind, of the wave level of that unbounded ocean. And then there is what your conceptual mind does with it, labeling it, giving it meaning, categorizing, judging. So that's the conditioned mind, the moving mind. And that's what we initially, now in our meditation, but also in our meditation practice, often start to work with. What's my relationship with that? How can I relate to the moving mind, to that which comes and goes, in a way which relieves my suffering, relieves my struggle. And then towards the middle of the meditation, I will try to trigger a curiosity into the not moving mind, the still mind, presence, awareness itself, unconditioned awareness. The natural natural capacity to be receptive, the cognizant capacity, 
So in the metaphor of the ocean and the waves, it would refer to the depth of the ocean. And then in the third part of the meditation, I would like to deconstruct that boundary between the still mind and the moving mind. Recognizing that the moving mind is not separate from the still mind. The capacity, the receptivity, the cognizant nature of mind is not separate from what it is aware of. And that would be then the experience of non-duality. And that is often like the progression in the life of a meditator. You know, starting to work with the content of your experience. Starting to discover, wow, I, I add to my experience of suffering, to my experience of struggle, through the way I relate to the content the way I relate to, my, to the sensations in my body, the way I relate to my thoughts, the, re- the way I relate to my feelings. For example, one way to suffer more, to struggle more, is to want something else to happen than what is happening. Immediately there is suffering, immediately there is dissatisfaction. Even worse so, we increase our suffering by relating to the content of our experience with harshness, with violence, with strong judgment, with shame, with guilt. So initially in our meditation we we, we start to see, wow, if I, if I relax some of the grasping, if I relax into the present moment as it is, immediately I reduce my experience of struggle, my experience of suffering. So relaxing from a no to, to a yes. And that might create a new possibility. That might create a new possibility, a new openness of being here. And then naturally, quite naturally often, without even triggered by questions of self-inquiry, the question starts to arise. Yeah, there's the content of my experience and I have the freedom to relate to the content in a different way. But what is that actually, what is aware? What is that actually? Where does the attention come from? In the image of the ocean could be a bit of a sense that you sink down into the background, you sink down into the depth and you look at the movements of the ocean. You look at the waves from a wider perspective. That is an amazing step for us. That sense of shifting your identity from the content, from the waves into the container, into that which is aware. And then when we, and then from that shift, another possibility might open, and that is the discovery of non-duality, that actually the waves, the movement is not separate from the stillness. The waves are not separate from the awareness from, from where they come and dissolve back into. 
So in the second step, we would you know, use the Neti Neti of Advaita Vedanta or the quote of the Buddha, nothing in my experience is worth to be called me or mine. Nothing in my experience is me or mine. So we're starting to discover another sense of identity by pointing to that what we are not. Via negativa. That's called, that's the word for that in Christian mystic tradition. I'm not my thoughts because I'm aware of them. I'm not my feelings because I'm aware of them. I'm not the sensations in my body because I'm aware of them. So that's not the experience of non-duality, but this is like a provisional step. The experience of non-duality would then be from that inside what you are not, to into the what in the Christian mystic is called the via positiva, and that is the experience of I'm everything. I'm that which is moving, and I'm that which is still, and between those, there's no difference, and they're happening, and they are happening in the same place. So it's not like there's boundless consciousness and then there's the waves which are somewhat disturbing, but boundless consciousness is there where the waves are. It's not that we need to break through the level of the conditioned mind into something magical, but the movement of mind in itself are the magical are the sacred. So one last thing. Throughout the meditation, I might ask what you could call self-inquiry question. And I've talked about that before, how to work with self-inquiry questions. The best self-inquired questions are the ones who naturally arise within you. So that there's, there's a wonderment in that question, a passion in that question, because, because it arises from, from you. But uh, to get a sense of self-inquired question, it, it might be helpful to kind of get some inspiration from questions I ask. So, one of the most important to understand when we work with self-inquiry questions, they are not meant to bring us into the conceptual mind. So they are meant to modulate our attention. They are meant to change the way where we look and how we look. It's not a question to, to be answered. It is a it, it, these are questions which are posed to make you look in a certain way into a certain direction. What would be an example? I can't come up with an example right now. <laughs> The, I, the most fundamental inquiry question would be something, what is aware? So, and that's not necessarily a question which kind of works for everyone, yeah, but, but different versions of uh, what is aware. So, when someone asks you that question, there's different levels where you can answer that question. So if you, if you are discussing with a neuropsychologist, then uh, you, you might 
go into brain science and you know describe correlations in the in the neuronal activity and you know find awareness there somewhere some somehow in books in description if you are talking with someone who is familiar with the teachings on non-duality you, know, you might discuss the myths of non-duality it's all consciousness it's all awareness it's all one and you can talk about that and you can be very uh, sophisticated in that kind of philosophies if you would ask if you would be asked that question by a philosopher western philosopher so you could go into the philosophy of consciousness but that's and that's partly valuable and interesting to spend your time with yeah, to read in books and in research about what is aware what is consciousness but here in this context of self-inquiry of meditation that question is meant to in the present moment to just look and here look doesn't mean with the eye consciousness that would be another self-inquiry question with what are you looking if you look into awareness with what are you looking and is that which is looking and what you're looking at is that two different things where's the boundary between that so all of that is self-inquiry question probably we can't avoid that when i ask question that there's this movement towards thinking about the question that's not a problem but here in this meditation my suggestion is in that moment to just recognize that's a thought and that's it so that's a thought I'm not trying to interrupt that thought or stop that thought or but just recognize oh that's a thought so return to the question what is aware look and then a thought comes like i don't know am i doing this right uh, that's a thought or oh i i, I don't know i i don't I, I don't know where to look i don't know how to look that's a thought okay so let's take 25 minutes or so i will gently guide this inquiry uh, if what is offered from this side to you is not helpful you just let it pass oh that's just a thought yeah. and uh, if i say something which makes you curious or it gives you a sense of relief so then then you take it in so we start by uh, adjusting our posture so we sit as comfortable as possible that's one important part of the posture and the other is we support a sense of dignity alertness by opening the chest a little straighten the back without straining it and you can either close your eyes or if you keep your eyes open they are relaxed and unfocused without particularly looking at something
then we take the time to allow the body to settle A shift is happening from the head into the body as if your attention slides or drops initially into the whole body, even down into your feet. And then particular in the trunk of the body. And noticing being with what you bring with you into this moment. And the breath can support you in this gift of shifting gears. So with the in-breaths, sliding, dropping into the trunk of your body. And feel how your attention and the breath together become like an embrace. As if you are hugging someone. So with awareness and breath. You hug. You embrace. You welcome the guests in the guest house of the body. Maybe you would like to deepen your breath for a few moments. And then with the out breath, there's the possibility of some relief, some softening, some letting go, so that your belly might soften and your shoulders, your face, because you bring the aliveness of your body to the foreground in your belly, in your hands. And you do that tenderly and kindly. Thoughts start to lose their power a little. continue to come and go, but your curiosity, your attention gravitates toward, towards the aliveness in your body. The breath, the flow of energies in your hands, in your belly, And that's what you emphasize. You don't need to focus or concentrate on something particular. slowly and naturally 
gravitating towards a place of rest in the midst of your experience. Part of being here is that we are together here in this room and also the people joining online. And we are together in the temple, in this Mahayana temple, protected by the presence of the Buddha, protected by awake awareness which is already here. And returning Resting. And the conditioned mind, Sem, in the Tibetan language, is pretty obvious. sounds, sensations, breath, my voice. And then mental images and inner dialogue. And here in this meditation, I invite you to perceive the moving mind like waves in an unbounded ocean. Waves which are just happening. And they are what they are because they are connected with everything else. And the invitation is to let them do their thing. soften and open to the movements of thoughts, sensations, feelings, sounds. And if you notice grasping or resistance, the wish to experience something else than this, that's also a wave. That's also Sam. That's also the conditioned mind. So you allow that to be there. If there's tiredness, restlessness, peace, doubt, that's all waves in the shoreless ocean of life. And these waves, these movements, we perceive them as made from the same stuff, as made from the same energy. 
it's all water, water moving. Some of it is more solid, like ice. Some is more transparent, like thoughts, like steam, steam of water. But it's all water in its different aggregates. It's the same energy moving. So the breath is a wave, the out-breath is a wave. Any energy in your body, emotional or physical, pleasant or unpleasant, is a wave. And it's all water, water moving. There's no difference between density in the movements or fluidity in the movements, some stuckness in the movements. It's all waves. They come and they go. They are happening to you. mental images in a dialogue. The sense of this room, the mental image of your body, stories of the past, future, the experience of time, the experience of I, of me, all that is the conditioned mind, is the moving mind. It's waves, all made from the same stuff, all made from water. Let everything happen to you. Sometimes it might be appropriate to stabilize with a certain aspect of your experience, stabilize with a certain wave, like the sensation in your hands or the rising and falling of your belly. But then you, again, make a backward step and recognize that <coughs> as one of the waves. So on this level of meditation, an important insight is the insight of anicca, the non-static and permanent nature of the movements. So it's changing, moving by itself. There's nothing solid there. And you let it flow. Another insight which might arise is the insight into dukkha, the dissatisfaction in nature which arises when we want to, when we want things to be different than they are. So we just see that. 
we see that what prevents me to experience peace is that I want this to be different. And just that recognition might open up something. And the third insight which might arise in this level of meditation is that in that flow of the moving mind, there is no solid, separate I or me. Everything is changing, moving. Everything is energy. There is no core or center in this openness. Resting. Thoughts are recognized as thoughts. Meditating with a heart like the sky. Let the stream of consciousness, the moving mind, flow wherever it wants to flow, non interfering non-controlling, non-fixing, non-judging, non-doing. And notice that it doesn't stop. Notice that everything happens by itself. You don't need to add, you don't need to take away. The next moment arises like a wave in a shoreless ocean. present moment awareness. And then after a while, a new possibility might open. And that is 
to sense. It's an intuition. that there is vastness. That there is something which is bigger than the movements. So in the image of the ocean that would be inhabiting the oceans, inhabiting the waves, the thoughts, the sensation, the feelings, and then suddenly with your heart, with your intuition, experience the depth. So it is an intuition of that which is aware, that which is looking. Some people experience that new possibility as stillness. Some people experience this as peace. or aliveness. And some people feel in that stillness, in that vastness, a goodness, a tenderness a gentle receptivity, a cognizant luminosity. Sometimes the moving mind remains to be in the foreground, particularly if it's intensive. But sometimes the peace, the stillness, the luminosity overshines the content. And then you rest. So there's the content, the waves. But isn't there also something else? 
undescribable. And if you struggle with something in the content of your experience, How can you be more at peace with that? How deep is your yes? And then when a yes arises, not as a word, but as a more openness, Maybe then you can, again, relax into the cognizant vastness. The capacity to know, the capacity to be aware. You inhabit more the place where the knowing comes from. Then inhabiting the place of what is happening. Some people describe that possibility as a deep sense of I am. Not I am this and that, just I am. I am, which is prior to sensations, thoughts, and what you see. And then a next possibility which might arise, and we don't know when that possibility arises for us, that is the recognition that stillness and movement are not two separate things. The waves and the oceans are not two different things. It's all water, either still or moving. It's all consciousness, either still or moving.
So the I am opens into all directions, including the vastness, but including also what you hear, what you see, what you remember, what you think. It's not a, an experience of I am one with everything because the I is gone and everything is left, boundaryless and centerless. There's only unbounded ocean, unbounded consciousness. There's nothing to do. And there's nobody there who could do anything. There's no time, no separation. There's just all there is, and this is it. Boundaryless, timeless. No more further to go. future, no past. No me. Stillness and movement are the same. Peace and contraction is the same. So again, to kind of repeat that sequence, which uh, uh, many uh, explorers of um, meditation go through. The first one is, how do I relate to the content of my experience? 
And uh, there's a lot of meditation practices, mindfulness practice, which are, uh, which, um, which are describe that level of practice. Self-compassion, you know, stabilizing the mind through shamatha practice, you know, through focusing. So any kind of uh, meditation practice where we attempt to manipulate the content of our experience. Light visualization, mantra, um, contemplation, investigating into the into the content with vipassana practice. Yeah? I mentioned in our meditation the three characteristics, which insights which arise in vipassana practice, you know, into anicca, dukkha, and anatta, the impermanence the dissatisfactionariness and the, the no-self. And then leading into neti-neti. I'm not this, I'm not that. So, so the neti-neti level, I'm not this, I'm not that, or the Buddha saying, you are not what you are aware of. It's important to understand that that's not truth. It's a skillful means. It's a provisional step. Then the next possibility in the Tibetan tradition within Mahamudra, Dzogchen, in the Advaita, Advaita Vedanta tradition, is a that shift of identification, that curiosity into, yeah, okay, I'm not my thoughts because I'm aware of them, I'm not my feelings because I'm aware of them, of them. I'm not what I'm aware of, because, why? Because I'm aware of it. These are all subjects of awareness. So at one point, naturally, or in, in, in your tradition that's being asked, who the heck are you then? Because obviously, you are not the objects of awareness. You are the subject. You are that which is aware. You are witnessing. And uh, in confused mind, we are identified with what we are witnessing. We inhabit what we are witnessing, what we are aware of. Sometimes very dramatically so. So that that kind of collapse into the conditioned mind disconnects us from everything else. And the collapse into the conditioned mind uh, creates a, a perceptual distortion of of this moment. Yeah. We look through the... We, we, are, we look through that confusion. For example, if we collapse into fear, suddenly we live in a predatory world. And we believe that that is how it is. So then the question, so what is aware? And then from there, the possibility of the experience of non-duality, which is the essence of the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. It might not be so obvious in the beginning, because in the beginning we get a lot of practices and teachings around the conditioned mind, karma, and so on. Uh, but all these teachings are provisional, leading into the experience of non-duality. Okay, so let's have a break. <clears throat>